This story is about one of the most magnificent women in all of God's word. We're never told her name or identity or the family she comes from. The word simply calls her the Shunammite woman. I've spoken many times about the faith of this amazing woman of God, and on this Mother's Day, I want to speak about her again. I want to speak to our amazing moms and grandmothers here today. So I want every mother in the room to stand, please. Every mother to please stand. And we want to say thank you to each of you. And honor you and bless you today. Happy Mother's Day to each of you. May your day be filled with great joy and blessing of your family. Amen? You may be seated. Thank you. Most of you know this story. This woman had such a desire to serve that she had a room added to her home in order to bless the prophet Elisha whenever he would pass through. So it takes us to our text in 2 Kings Chapter number 4, verse number 8. Now, it happened one day that Elisha, a very powerful prophet, his prayer to the Lord and through the prophet Elijah, his mentor, uh, his request was that I have a double portion of what you have in your life. And God gave that to him. And he was a very powerful man of God. And it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, that's who we're talking about today, a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food, and so it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there for him and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Now, this woman is nameless, but what she did was of such significance, listen, so fantastic, that the Scripture and God through the Holy Spirit calls her a notable woman. She knew as a woman she could create in her home the atmosphere for the presence of God. And she was the one who could create that atmosphere in her home of peace, love, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what she set out to do. It can never be underestimated, understated, or diminished. Women have power to create atmosphere in a home. I've walked into a room and there's been a couple present, husband and wife, and I didn't know much, didn't hear anything spoken to me, But stepping into their presence, I knew, oh my, tension, attitudes. They never said a word, but there was an atmosphere of tension, an atmosphere of disharmony, an atmosphere is very real. It's very real. That's why I insist that we at Calvary Christian Center create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit through our hearts, through our attitudes, through our speech, because we can offend the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to draw the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Shunammite woman understood the power of creating that kind of an atmosphere in her home, not just in a church service, in her home. I think about Deborah and her influence. She's named in the book of the Judges. Israel was being greatly threatened by invaders, and Israel's general, Barak, he would not lead the armies of Israel into battle. But Deborah steps up, a woman of God, 
She's forever immortalized in the scripture. She steps up and with what she says, she changes the atmosphere. Deborah said to Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. That's the opposing general. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him, and the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. (laughs) But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herasheth, Hagoim, and all of the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Wow, what an overwhelming victory. Because Deborah changed the atmosphere from defeat to victory, from death to life. Because of it, Deborah is celebrated in the scripture because she understood the power to create an atmosphere for victory and not defeat. Mother, you can create an atmosphere for victory in your home. You can create an atmosphere of peace in your home. You can create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is welcome in your home. Women of God can create an atmosphere that brings out the best in their children, the best in their husbands, and the best in you. You recall who brought Jesus to his moment of destiny in time. For 30 years, Jesus lived in an obscure village, Nazareth. And perhaps someone in Nazareth may have taken note over those 30 years that Jesus had an unusual grasp of God's word. But who was present when Jesus needed to hit the launch button on his miracle ministry and begin those three and a half years that have never been equaled anywhere? It was his mother. Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Kind of an interesting statement he makes to mom. Jesus was hesitant to step out, but it was Jesus' mother who stepped up, took control of the atmosphere, and then speaks these powerful words. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. His mother had just, listen, he had just said to his mother, it's not my time. My moment has not arrived. His mother said, you don't get the timing here, son. This is your time. She's speaking to the son of God, and she's direct. She said, it is time, and I've created the atmosphere for you to bring it out. So the next thing you know, Jesus turns the water into wine. Jesus' mother brought out the best in him because of the atmosphere she created. Wow. My mother was able to create such an atmosphere in our home. As we grew up, there was an atmosphere of holiness about our lifestyle. And I knew one of her secrets to creating that atmosphere in our home. She prayed every day, and we heard her pray every day without exception, for her husband, for her children, and then also for her extended family, her seven sisters and four brothers, all of which she led personally to Jesus. She had the ability to create an atmosphere that was peaceful and supportive, loving, and when necessary, convicting. Mm-hmm. She would just walk up and say, how are things between you and Jesus? I, I sense something's not right. You want to talk about it? She created an atmosphere that brought out the abilities of her children. Donna has been a woman 
of atmosphere of God. She's created that in our family. She served God from her childhood, understands the presence of the Holy Spirit in a home. And so she created an atmosphere for our children to rise to the level of their purpose, to identify their purpose, then created the atmosphere of support for them where they could thrive and develop and make choices. She set boundaries. She enforced them. She taught them to respect others, to obey authority, to understand what it is to be loved and to love. And she recognized the giftings in her two children and encouraged them to follow their purpose. That's kind of like the mom I watched the other day on television. She was quite, quite a gal. I, I applauded her. She was a pretty neat lady. 34 kids were arrested, but not Toya Graham's 16-year-old Michael. She gave him a piece of her mind and a good portion of her hand. Today, Toya Graham spoke to CBS News producer Christina Rafini. I could see the objects being thrown at the police, and I was like in awe, like, oh my God, you know, this is really happening right here with me. And... Lo and behold, I turn around and I look in this crowd and my son is actually coming across the street with this hoodie on and uh, a mask. At that point, I just lost it. And he gave me eye contact. And at that point, not even thinking about cameras or anything like that. That's my only son. And at the end of the day, I don't want him to be a Freddie Gray. But to stand up there and vandalize police officers. Get over here, that, That's not justice. That's not what, you know, I'm a single mom, you know, I have six children, and I just choose not to live like that no more, and I don't want that for him. So don't pay any attention to her skin color. That's a mom. And she knows how to take care of business when her kids get out of line. Well, my mother triggered ministry in my life in several different ways. Now, my wife triggered ministry in her children several different ways. <laughs> Women who create an atmosphere. We were encouraged to glorify Jesus in our lives by godly women creating an atmosphere for fruitfulness. You see, it's pretty simple to understand that you can't grow bananas in Alaska. So, Mother, if you're going to raise up good fruit in your home, you have to have the right atmosphere. The atmosphere is released by the power of a godly woman. The Shunammite woman requested her husband to build a room addition in their home. So she was declaring, we're going to have a room for God in our home. We will have a room with a bed so when the prophet comes through, He'll want to stay here. The word says this about your home. Watch it. That your days be multiplied. Anybody game for that? <clears throat> and the days of your children in the land which the Lord you swore unto your fathers to give them. As the days of heaven upon earth. It's God's will for your home and marriage to have days like heaven on earth. Today homes are stress filled. There's anger, bitterness, tension. And God says, through the covenant I established for you, I want you to have days on earth as days in heaven. And the Shunammite woman was great because she created a place for a spiritual atmosphere in her home. And she was great in her designation. Shunammite means peaceful plant. 
She planted the presence of God in her life and home. And there was a spirit of peace about her. Listen to the description of of, of womanhood that Peter gives in the New Testament. Don't be concerned, he says to the ladies, about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes and strappy heels. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. That was my version. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is what God looks for when he measures the power of womanhood. Do you carry that kind of peace wherever you go? Do you carry the ability to create an atmosphere that brings the Holy Spirit into your home, where the family gets introduced to the power of the Holy Spirit, like happened in the home of that Shunammite? In the New Testament, we're given the description of a wise woman. Wise. Watch what Paul says to Titus. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. That's pretty straight up, isn't it? And wow, how politically incorrect that is today. But it's God's word, and it's in the new covenant. We are to be transformed out of our cultural patterns into kingdom patterns. And the Shunammite woman understood she had a ministry to create a home that was conducive to developing the character of her children. So Calvary, there's nothing demeaning about this. In fact, this is very elevating because God considers this to be one of the highest places you can arrive. In fact, if there were more encouragement to follow this pattern... No doubt today's generation would produce more character development, a generation of mannerly, respectful, achieving young men and women, instead of some of the stuff we're seeing out on the streets. There's nothing negative about being a mother like the scripture describes. It's all wonderful when you have a career and you use your giftings and abilities. No no problem. We understand that women have equality. They can do today just about anything a man can do and sometimes even better. We know there are successful women succeeding and and, and going to the top of their industries because of their great talents. We know that. But I also want to celebrate women who sacrificially set aside for a period in their lives, a period of time where they can direct their children and point them in in the right direction. The most influential person in a children's life from birth and in their formative years, is a godly mother. And you talk about a great responsibility. Someone said, well, motherhood isn't for sissies. Yeah, they got that right. Today, many mothers not only have to cook the bacon, they also have to bring it home. And they work 40 hours a week, sometimes and more, caring for their home, managing their families, cooking the meals and washing the clothes and taking care of the kids. And even if the husband's willing to help, it's rare that it's an even split. But the Proverbs 31 woman, sometimes it's used to bring guilt on the mothers because of the way it's read. But actually, Proverbs 31 is in an acrostic. And it's a piece of poetry that the Hebrew writer puts together for a very specific purpose in describing this woman, this lady, and he says, this is from A to Z, and that's it right here. 
And uh, rather than being a to-do list for the overstressed mother, here's what he's saying. Proverbs 31, he's saying, if you try to put a price tag on the value of a good wife and mother, you would conclude, he says, with Proverbs 31.10, she is worth far more than rubies. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And then the bottom line, Proverbs 31.31, the very last point he makes Give her the reward she has earned. So bless her. Because they sacrifice income and career for a period of time to honor God and honor their families. And it's also understood the majority of single mothers cannot do that today. Most single mothers have to work sometimes more than one job to take care of the needs of their families. So today I honor you for doing whatever you have to do to provide for your children as a single mom. Dr. Ben Carson's mother worked two and three jobs. Dr. Carson rose to the top of his profession as the most renowned neurosurgeon for pediatric neurosurgeon in America. And this is the home he was raised in by a single mom. She worked two or three jobs, never learned to read But before she left for the day, she insisted her children had prayer, had done their homework, read the books she assigned, and wrote a report for her. Even though she couldn't read them, she made them write a book report of the books they read. So today, I want to take a moment and honor our single moms and say, Happy Mother's Day, and thank you for what you do today. Because mothers, you have a calling. Your calling is to create an atmosphere in your home where godliness and godly values are modeled and taught. The older women are to model for the younger women godly living, to share advice, that advice coming from other generations based on the truth of God's word, and be spiritual mentors of how godly homes should look. Titus, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands. Why? Because there was lack of it. And the implication is you don't come into the world equipped to know how to do this stuff. It's learned how to love your husband, how to treat your husband. And why does that have to be taught? Because the old nature doesn't want to do that. It's not inclined to do that. Taught, mentored, advised, modeled. Have you ever noticed that in today's culture and the younger generation... If someone tries to help someone to learn to be a little bit better at being a wife and a mother, there's immediate resistance. It's, it's, it's bad enough sometimes we don't know what to do, but then we don't want to know what to do. just adds another layer to that. Why? Because learning begins immediately after birth. That's why, Mom, you have such a great role. Because immediately from birth, you're the first person who gets to teach them. So if you raise your children to do whatever they like to do, and you don't teach them and correct them or discipline them, then in a few more years when they're a little older, they become unteachable. So if one is not modeled or molded, rather, what's to be taught in those younger years, how to mold those children, train up a child in the way that he should go, take that child as early as possible and begin to mold them and train them in the right direction, If that's not happening in the home, it's going to be harder for them to accept learning in their older years. That's why it's worth investing in children. 
and it's worth investing in students. The sooner the better, because they're the next generation, and we need to teach them well. The Shunammite woman made sure the prophet had a room. She was childless when she made sure that he'd have a place to stay when he visited. They'd not been able to bear children, the scripture says. But the result of her creating that room for the presence of God, the prophet prayed for them to bear a child. And he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And now the joy of life happens, and a son is born. And about six years of age, the boy is out in the field with his father at harvest time. And he starts crying about some pain he has in his head, and he falls over. And dad, not discerning the depth of this crisis, because he's in the middle of a harvest, he's got to keep about this business. He says to his servant, pick him up and take him to his mother. Now, you know, if kids are okay, it's kind of cool, but if he or she is sick, take him or her to his mother. (laughs) If he doesn't smell right, take him to his mother. (laughs) Often mothers are more discerning than dads. In this case, the father didn't know the depth of the crisis going on in in his boy. And mothers seem to be able to discern quickly if there's a crisis in the life of the child. So, women of God, one of the giftings God has placed in in you is the spirit of discernment to know when something is not right in your child. They may tell you everything is cool, but deep in your spirit, you sense something different. So her son was brought to her by the servant of her husband, and she held him in her arms and rocked him. But instead of his life returning, he died. This mother was not too busy to make her child a priority. And when there was a crisis, she put everything else aside. When her child had an issue, and sometimes men don't get this as fast... (laughs) But God has granted mothers a gifting. Mom's all over it when she senses there's a crisis in her child. And so this Shunammite woman, she stops everything. No doubt she's a busy lady. She's a notable woman. She may have had a career. She had projects going on. She said, my child is in crisis. She holds him, comforts him, but he dies in her arms. Now watch. Here's where the story really gets good. When the father sent word asking, why are you requesting a servant to take you to the prophet of God? Is everything okay? She answers her husband. She sends word back, and she says, it's well. It's well. Now, that makes no sense in our culture. Her husband's working in the field because it's harvest time. If he misses the harvest, the whole family's going to starve to death. There are no supermarkets. If you missed your harvest, it was over for you. So the Shunammite woman was a very wise and powerful lady, and she picked her timing. She knew her husband's under the gun out in the field harvesting. He was under great pressure to make sure this all gets in on time. He doesn't need another burden on top of everything else he's dealing with. He might collapse if I dump one more thing on him. So under this pressure of harvest, in our case, it could be pressure to make ends meet, to pay, a, to pay a mortgage off, to send a child to college. She decided, I'm not going to put one more burden on my husband. See, timing is powerful. You pray for timing. And women are powerful here. Comprehend your influence and your power. Pick your timing wisely. The man walks in from a stressful day. 
They've been battling all kinds of issues, dodging bullets, hoping to finish the day on a good note. Don't immediately dump bad news on him. Timing. Enjoy a few minutes. Eat your dinner. Then when relaxation has begun to set in, then begin the, the conversation about something pressing. The Shunammite woman's reaction was amazing. She could have said to her husband, Hey, are you blind? He was nearly dead when you sent him home. What were you thinking? He's dead now. She never told him what she experienced. She said, I'm going to go see the prophet, and everything's going to be okay. And before she takes off to go see the prophet, she did something very specific. She took the boy into the room that they had built for the prophet, a place to honor the presence of God. This mother laid her son in the bed that the prophet slept in. It's a beautiful thing that when the crisis strikes your family, you have created an atmosphere in your home where you can lay every crisis. Because crisis will come to every home. Bad reports, illness, job issues, financial crisis, children away from God, tragedies, losses. Crisis will come to every home sooner or later. It matters not how much money you have. It matters not how much education you have or how many precautions you have against crisis. Sooner or later, crisis will come to every home. The question is, do you have a place to take your crisis? The family going through the crisis with you and lay it there knowing God is in that place and he is in control. That he is God in your family when you're in crisis. Do you have that? I'm glad I have a place. I'm glad I grew up in a home that had a place like that. That we've made a place like that in our home for our children. A place where we take all of our burdens in crisis and put them to bed. And I will leave a place behind me where generations that follow us, no matter what hits you in life... There's a place you know about of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's been prepared for generations in our families. There you lay your heavy burdens. There you place your children in the trust of God. There you place your future choices. You put it all in that bed knowing there is supernatural power that can lead your family through any crisis that you face. Some of you have not yet faced a great crisis. Some of us have lived long enough to know, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me, that I can cast all my care upon him. So many moms are stressed out and heavy-hearted. And moms will approach me out in the lobby on their way out and say, pray for my son or pray for my daughter. I'm stressed about my child. They're not serving the Lord. They're lost. And I I feel the weight of that because I've experienced the weight of that. But you can lay that burden down because it's just too heavy to carry. And as a parent, it's too heavy for you to carry all by yourself. The help of the Holy Spirit is present today to help parents whose children are away from the Lord. You ought to thank God you've got his presence available to you. You're heavy-hearted, but there's hope as long as the presence of the Lord is in your house. And the Shunammite woman said this to her servant, Drive and go forward and do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Donna's kind of like that. 
She doesn't slacken the pace for anybody. It's quick. We're going to get there now. Fast. So when I want to get to her in a hurry, I have her drive. Because she's, yeah. Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. A holiness preacher years ago did not like it when the women of that era began to start wearing slacks. And he misquoted this passage so he could attack the ladies with this. And he, he quoted it now, misquoted it to read like this. Go forward and do not wear slacks. That's not what it says. Okay. The Shunammite said, get to the man of God quickly. That's what she said, quickly. I've got a crisis in my family. When the prophet saw her approaching the prophet said to his own servant, Gehazi, go intercept her and ask her what's going on. And ask her if it is well with her, if it's well with her husband, if it's well with her child. Now watch this. And when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. Gehazi had actually stayed in the home of the Shunammite woman, and he served Elisha. But this guy, unlike Elisha, did not learn well from his mentor. Elisha learned very well from Elijah. Gehazi did not. So he was really not a good friend to this family. But Elisha intercepted this thing. And let, the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. The Hebrew word for distress means becoming bitter. Something has happened to her. And he said, I sense her pain. And I sense she's becoming bitter. And good friends discern bitterness, and they will confront you, and they will see it manifesting in you, and they'll ask you, what's wrong with you? You're heading in the wrong direction. You've taken the wrong track. And listen, I've seen just as many men get bitter and harbor offense as I have seen women. Bitterness will eat you and destroy you because you refuse to offload it. You've taken the bait, and Satan got you hooked, and he's coming through the door. Like Adam walked by the tree of, of good and evil many times, but when Eve walked by that tree, she paused, and the enemy tempted her, and she ate. And after it got into her, then she got it into her husband, and the poison spread. What happened in this story is miraculous. Elisha asked her if all was okay, and in spite of her pain, she's not panicked. In this crisis, if you allow your emotions to overwhelm you, it can tilt the battle in the wrong direction. As a woman of God, let this lady be your example. She controlled her emotions, rebuked the temptation to panic and lose it. She created an atmosphere by her spirit, by her desire to please God. Even in crisis, she had an atmosphere of, it will be all right, even though I'm facing the worst-case scenario. She knew because of her long-standing trust in the God that she had in her home, we can get through this, it is well. And the next step of the Shunammite woman, she took the prophet to the problem. So he arose and followed her. And Elisha's servant got there first with the staff of Elisha, placed it on the body of the boy, and nothing happened, nothing changed. But then the prophet arrived and went to the room that she had built for him. 
and found her son lying dead in that bed. Now watch. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. The woman led the prophet to the problem. And a sensitive wife and mother will often sense something wrong when her husband does not. He has intuitive discernment. And husbands, when your wife says, be cautious around her, be cautious around her. Do that. That's a good thing to do. Mothers will pick up on something in her children that men might not discern at first. When the prophet came to the boy, a miracle unfolded. And the word says when you've been faithful to God and a crisis strikes your family, there's a trust that you have developed that sustains you. And dad and mom, there comes a time when you have to place your children in the hands of God. You've done your best. You've done all that you can do. Now you have to put them in the hands of God and trust. That's what this lady modeled for us. Even when things have turned out wrong, God is there assisting you through the crisis. God They're in your hands now. I've placed them in trust with you. And the son was raised from the dead because the mother had created an atmosphere in her home for the supernatural. Then God showed up and the supernatural happened. And the boy was restored and placed back in her arms and went on to live a full and complete life. Wow, what a great miracle. There are three truths I'm going to give you in a hurry as I close, quickly. Three truths for every mother. I want moms to pay attention especially. Number one, mother, you are the doorway of life for your family. You are. When God made man, he created him from the dust of the earth. When God created the woman, remember now, you are the only part of creation that came from living material. Nothing else of his creation came from living material but woman. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. God took a rib from Adam and from his DNA formed Eve. Why? Because you're the doorway of life. When God sent his son for us, he circumvented the man and Jesus came through the doorway of life the Virgin Mary. So if there's life in your family and home, it comes through the mother. We're here today because of our mothers. Number two, life and death work in the life of the woman. Life and death work in the life of the woman. God himself gives life to the child that you bear. You are the steward of that child. He could give that child to any parent, but he chose you to be its mother. And as a steward, you are to be found faithful, which means he will come and inspect your trustworthiness, your faithfulness, your love, because God owns the child, not you. You see, when Jesus enters your life, 
The curse is stopped. Thank you, Lord. The curse of sin is halted. And then, Mom, you get to choose life or death. You can assassinate your unborn child. You can choose to annihilate your marriage. You can criticize and create bitterness and anger. You can break the covenant. Or you can choose to empower life because you are trusted by God to be a conduit in life. You can change the atmosphere of your home. You can bring peace into your home. The fruit of the Spirit in your life produces peace. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The third one is peace. The fruit of the Spirit in your life produces peace, not throwing fits and grits. Happy Mother's Day. Number three. Mothers have the power to create Sabbath in your homes. Sabbath. Strange word in our culture. Important one to God. Sabbath means rest, calmness. On the sixth day, God created woman. All of his creation in six days. On the sixth day, he created woman. The next day, God rested. So when God created woman, he knew he created the best of all creation, and he did not create anything else on planet Earth. God created Adam. Later, he created Eve. Then he created the Sabbath. And the only thing between man and the Sabbath is woman. The Orthodox Jew, the practicing Jew, still today, practice Sabbath rest. If you go to Israel with us, on Saturday the Sabbath, they celebrate Sabbath on Saturday. Even the elevators in the Jewish-run hotels are pre-programmed for the Sabbath. No one's going to get in the elevator and help you punching buttons because they will not work on the Sabbath. They are at rest. Now, you can check me out on this next statement. Among the Jews, the man does nothing to usher in the Sabbath. The woman creates the atmosphere in the home for the Sabbath. She creates the meal. She lights the candles, the lights. The only time a woman takes the lead in prayer among the Orthodox Jews, she prays the prayer to beckon the Sabbath into her home. She invites rest into her home. Peace and rest. It's the atmosphere of heaven. And peace. They desire to be in your home. Those elements should become a part and parcel to all of our homes in this very fast-paced, over-busy, too stressed, married to our smartphones world. Woman of God, beckon peace in heaven into your home. Create that atmosphere in your home. The atmosphere of God in your home can and will Heal every crisis your family will ever face.
because as long as you have the Holy Spirit's presence in your home and you create the atmosphere where he's welcome there, you can get through anything, as hard as it may be. So let's stand together for a moment before we leave the place for the day.